0: A reading from the Holy Gospel according to St. Matthew. Jesus said to his disciples, You have heard that it was said, An eye for an eye, and a tooth for a tooth. But I say to you, offer no resistance to one who is evil. When someone strikes you on your right cheek, turn the other as well. If anyone wants to go to law with you over your tunic, hand over your cloak as well. Should anyone press you into service for one mile, go with him too. Give to the one who asks of you, and do not turn your back on the one who wants to borrow. You have heard that it was said, you shall love your neighbor and hate your enemy. But I say to you, love your enemies, and pray for those who persecute you, that you may be children of your heavenly Father, for he makes the sun rise on the bad and the good, and causes the rain to fall on the just and the unjust. For if you love those who love you, what recompense will you have? Do not the tax collectors do the same? And if you greet your brothers only, what is unusual about that? Do not the pagans do the same? So be perfect, even as your heavenly Father is perfect. The Gospel of the Lord. So you may be seated. Uh, first, are there any children who want to come up for a children's homily? Well, you do. Come on up. Come on up. Here, we'll have a seat. And I'm going to... Here. Okay, do you guys like Harry Potter? You do? You, got, you read the books? Watch the movies? I'm going to mostly movies, right? So look at this. Now, if I do this... Do I look just like Harry Potter? Not quite, huh? (laughs) She's good. All right, maybe a little bit. No. Um, Harry Potter is kind of cool because he knows magic words, right? He does the magic thing and and he's a wizard. That's right, he's a wizard. And that's always cool because wizards know magic words. And I know that you guys probably know a few magic words yourself, right? Hmm, you're thinking. Well, probably someone has taught you already that magic words, please and thank you, are magic words. Has anybody told you that? And they are, aren't they? Because if you want something and you use please, then, um, then you're much more likely to get it. And if you say thank you when you receive things, then that's very wonderful too. And that works with, with parents and teachers and friends, and it works with God too. God wants us to be gracious. But I want to teach you two more. Magic phrases today, and they have to do with the gospel. And the first magic phrase is, Please forgive me. And the other magic phrase is, I forgive you. See, because a lot of times, well, you know, we live together, right? Brothers and sisters, right? Do y'all ever get angry with each other? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And you know, and sometimes you say or do things that that hurt each other. And that can cause problems, right? Yeah, but if when you do something, you get angry and you do something that hurts your brother or sister, you can always say, please forgive me. That's a magic word. Hi, come on up. And they can respond, I forgive you. And that's magic because whatever happened that made you angry with each other now is gone. It's been wiped clean. So those are magic words to remember. When you think of Harry Potter, remember those magic words. All the magic words. Please, thank you, and please forgive me, and I forgive you. And it's very important that when someone says, please forgive me, take a breath, and then say, I forgive you. And that makes things much, much better. Okay? All right, you can go back to your seat. I'm going to talk to your parents. So today we continue in the Sermon on the Mount. By the way, uh, by means of personal commercial, uh, we're going to have Bible studies in Lent beginning this Thursday, because this is the first Thursday of Lent, and it'll be at 11 o'clock in the parish hall downstairs and I'll be teaching and I'll be teaching on the Sermon on the Mount. So you get little snippets in these little 10-minute homilies but you'll get much more and we'll get a chance to discuss and reflect as well in the Bible study. So Bible study Thursdays you know some of you work and of course uh, just like I do my homilies I'll record them and put them on my podcast. So if you miss them I know you're going to race to hear the podcast because you always want to hear you know everything your pastor has to say right. So, we're continuing the Sermon on the Mount, and Jesus is giving us principles to live by. Now, I want to chat about that for just a moment. Too often, we can get caught up in literalism, and we begin to think, oh, God, you know, Jesus is is telling us we have to do this, we have to do that, and it starts to become more rules and more laws. The new covenant is not the new law if we get hung up in literalism and legalism, then we miss what Jesus is trying to teach us, what Jesus is trying to do for us. And we start trying to follow all these little laws instead of realizing that what he is doing, he is imparting principles through which we can express our entire lives. So Jesus is giving us principles to live by, and there are three particularly in the gospel today I want to talk about. The first principle is the principle of blessing. Jesus teaches us that when people insult us or challenge us that we should not respond in kind. Jesus says when someone curses you, bless and do not curse back. So we are to give blessing to people even when they come against us. Now, in this gospel there is this uh, issue of turning the other cheek. And again, some people have have tried to take that too literally and think that it is a prohibition against self-defense. But that's not what Jesus is talking about at all. Turning the other cheek, the slap on the cheek, that's an an expression, it's an idiom, it's a figure of speech, It, it really means an insult or a challenge. And if we've ever watched movies set in the 16th or 17th century, like the Three Musketeers, right? You watch Three Musketeer movies and someone will get angry and they'll pull off their glove and they'll slap someone across the face with their glove. Ever seen that happen in a movie? And what's he doing? He's challenging someone to a duel, right? It's an insult or a challenge to slap someone across the cheek. And that's what Jesus is talking about. When you are insulted, or challenged, do not respond with an insult or a challenge back. Respond with blessing. It is the principle of blessing. And when we bless others, we bless the people around us, then God will bless us. And our second principle that Jesus teaches in this is similar, and it's the, te- it's the bl- principle of generosity to give and to share, and he uses some really amazing examples. He says, if someone sues you for your shirt, be generous, give him your coat as well. And if someone makes you walk with him one mile, walk with him too. Now, what he's referring to there is it was Roman law at the time of Jesus that a Roman soldier could require any passerby to carry his pack for one mile. Now, a typical Roman soldier's pack weighed about 75 to 80 pounds. They're heavy. You know, it's, it's the Iron Age. They're carrying heavy stuff. They don't have all this lightweight aluminum and, and freeze-dried foods like we do when we go backpacking. So they've got very heavy packs. It got tiring. And so they would take passerbys and they would say, you know, here, carry my pack for a mile. And this gave them a break. But Jesus said, when someone does that, carry it for two miles. Be generous. And I know that I'm speaking to a very generous church, a very generous congregation. We are so active in, in taking care of the, our food pantry and feeding the poor. And, and I know that you individually spend time being generous with one another, being generous with the church, and giving your time and giving your talents and, and to the church so the church can grow and can be a family the way God has called us to be. But that's a principle Jesus teaches us the principle of generosity. And the third principle, which is kind of overarching, it kind of weaves its way not only through the passage today, but all through the Sermon on the Mount, and that's the principle of forgiveness. You know, if we were to take a moment and think of the three sins that we think are the worst, the three worst sins, the most grievous sins, probably... One that wouldn't come necessarily come to mind is unforgiveness. But unforgiveness is one of Jesus' top three sins. The others are judgment, judging other people, and lack of charity, lack of caring for others in need. Those are, the, those are the three failures of our moral failures that Jesus repeatedly stresses, that we live lives of forgiveness, that we live lives of caring for others and we live lives free of judging other people. And the reason he does that is because these are so self-destructive. We destroy ourselves by these moral failures, this lack of forgiveness in particular. You know, if you hold resentment against someone, if you someone has angered you and re- you refuse to forgive them, it's kind of like tying yourself up in a chain And giving the person you are angry with the loose end of the chain so they can yank it anytime they wish because when you think of that person I think of these persons I've struggled with this you know what happens you know my blood my blood pressure starts to rise and my breathing becomes shallow stress starts to enter into my physical body me I am actually doing myself physical harm if I am Holding unforgiveness towards someone. But you know who is not harmed at all by it? The person I don't forgive. They probably don't know or care that I'm still angry with them. A great Dominican, Meister Eckhart, once said that unforgiveness is like drinking poison, thinking the other person might die. It is us that we damage. And it's out of love for us that Jesus teaches us, be forgiving. Forgive those who harm you. Holding unforgiveness does you no good at all. In fact, it hurts you, and it doesn't even hurt the person you wish you could hurt. But if we live in what I would like to call a culture of forgiveness, then our lives can be free from so much stress and so much turmoil. And we can live in relationships that are not hindered by that resentment. Now, the first person we need to forgive is usually the person we live with. <laughs> you ever notice that? You know, when you put two human beings in the same space, it's, it's like one of them's named Flint and the other one's named Steel, right? And And sparks start to fly pretty quickly. But forgiveness keeps those sparks from becoming a wildfire that destroys relationships so when we live with other people our spouses our children or even a monk living in a monastery we need to have that culture of forgiveness where we're always quick to forgive and very slow to be angry but other people in our lives people we work with our bosses People we have expectations of, like the paper boy that you expect to deliver the paper every day and sometimes he misses. Or your pastor that you expect to, you know, be uh, smarter and and, and and more loving and more caring than I am. And, but anyway, we need to forgive each other, right? We need to forgive those we have expectations of. We need to forgive ourselves. So often in life, we confess our sins, we believe God forgives us, but we don't stop to forgive ourselves. And then there are those times that we are become angry with God. And we need to actually utter forgiveness to God. Not that God's done anything wrong, but we need to utter that forgiveness to cleanse ourselves of it. Now, Jesus ends this passage with something very unusual. He says, be perfect, even as your heavenly Father is perfect. Now, in these principles, and in all the principles he's outlining, in the Sermon on the Mountain, he is teaching us the way of perfection. But perfection here is probably not the best of translations. The Greek word there is teleos, which um, can mean perfect, but it also can mean whole or complete or even mature. And I think what Jesus is speaking is not that we will ever get to that point where we don't make mistakes. I don't think we'll ever see that in this life. But he is saying to be whole, to be complete, that we can live in that holistic relationship with God, where our life with God is in that relationship that Adam and Eve enjoyed before the fall, that we can live in a holistic relationship with God and with one another. We can live in relationships with one another where we don't have resentments and angers and and frustrations between us, that we can live in sharing and open and caring relationships to be whole, to be whole, even as our Heavenly Father extends Himself to us fully and completely. And it's interesting that Jesus uses the same word. In fact, it's the last word he utters on this earth. When he's hanging on the cross, he uses the same word that's usually translated, it is finished. But it also means it is complete. Everything is accomplished. It can even mean the debt is paid in full. And it can mean everything has been made whole. We are incomplete without God and we are incomplete without each other. And Jesus is teaching us, giving us these principles to restore us to wholeness, to completeness with God and with one another. Jesus died to make us whole, live by his principles, and discover the unimaginable blessings God has for us here in this life and in the next life for all eternity.